The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine featuring topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month... Executive Director Eric Bridges addresses the opening session of the ACB Conference and Convention. Welcome to ACB Reports for September 2021. Let's begin with a few announcements. The COVID-19 pandemic resulted in a rapid shift to digital and remote learning platforms for students at all levels. ACB is very concerned about the continued reports of education platforms being inaccessible to students and parents who are blind or visually impaired. If you have faced accessibility barriers with your own or your child's remote learning platform, Please contact us so that we can try to address these issues with the companies that design these platforms. Share your experiences on this subject by emailing advocacy at acb.org. Over 323,000 borrowers who have a total and permanent disability will receive more than $5.8 billion in automatic student loan discharges thanks to a new regulation by the U.S. Department of Education. The change will apply to borrowers who are identified through an existing data match with the Social Security Administration beginning with the September quarterly match. One of ACB's current legislative imperatives is the Disability Access to Transportation Act, H.R. 1697 and S. 2038. The language of the House bill was included in the House-passed Invest in America Act. However, the version of the bill introduced in the Senate was not included in the Senate-passed infrastructure package. The original House sponsors are circulating a Dear Colleague letter to encourage other members of the House of Representatives to co-sponsor the bill. For more information about H.R. 1697 and to access the Dear Colleague's letter, visit acb.org slash call dash two dash action dash hr 1679 the exercise and fitness for all act aims to make exercise equipment and fitness instruction fully accessible to people with disabilities it has again been introduced into congress as hr 4756 and s2504 from the american council of the blind you're listening to acb reports As part of his opening address to the 2021 Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind, President Dan Spoon included an update from ACB Executive Director Eric Bridges. As promised last month, here is that update. There is a word that immediately comes to mind over the last year when I take a look around at all that has happened and all that is going on, and that word is growth. The financial growth that Dan spoke about earlier has enabled us to very strategically invest those financial resources into employees. And this year, I'm proud to say that we have welcomed five new individuals to Team ACB just since March, as a matter of fact, which 
a little crazy for us. We've never gone through this level of growth, but these individuals are necessary for us to continue our mission and to continue to do more for not just ACB, but for the broader community, because there are folks that do not belong to ACB that call us, that reach out every single day. And we're there to help them as well. In March, Swathananda Kumar joined the team as our advocacy and outreach specialist. We enjoyed very much working with Claire Stanley over the last uh, couple of years, and she elected to move on to another opportunity. So we welcomed Swatha, and it's been great having her on board. Also in March, we welcomed as an employee, Jolyn Bailey-Page as our audio description project coordinator and grant writer. In April, we were so fortunate to receive some funding from the Gibney Family Foundation to be able to provide some much-needed assistance for all of the community work that exploded over the last year. We're very excited to bring on to the team Colby Garrison, who lives in North Carolina. In May, we hired And this is a big step for us as an organization as the communications function within ACB has not really been professionalized in our history. And in May, we hired a manager of communications. She lives in Savannah, Georgia. Her name is Jennifer Flatt, and she's hit the ground running. And then just within the last month, we hired an individual to come work with us here in the national office. As you're all aware, we receive a pretty tremendous volume of phone calls during the week from folks who are members, folks who aren't members, family members and friends of individuals that are losing their vision. And it is a capacity challenge for us at times to do the work of the organization and also uh, field all of these calls. And so June 21st, I was very happy to announce that Deborah Brown, she goes by Debbie, would be joining the team to help us with those phone calls as well as the staff. It's been great to have Debbie on the team and really happy that we're getting to know her and she's hit the ground running actively contributing to the team. So that's a lot. We are finished for fiscal year 2021 with our our hiring. Um, I would like to acknowledge uh, the the work of Erica Keller, who is our HR specialist uh, that worked with us, as well as the hiring managers to identify the great candidates, the finalists, and ultimately the folks that I'm speaking about now. Also, within the last year, in April of 2020, we began a journey, the journey of EOS. What is EOS? It's not like ELO, the 70s. classic rock band, EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System, which essentially is a a methodology or a structure for how to manage an organization. And let me tell you, this organization is complex. Being a member organization, having, I believe it's 38 different committees, the affiliate structure, which we don't manage, but being able to include folks, being able to better understand how we operate and how we can continue to evolve in the 21st century as a national organization. And so EOS has helped us with that. 
to kind of parallel that as part of EOS, there's something called the L10 meeting. And really it's a designed to be a, a 90 minute meeting where you go through a series of short discussions to better understand what is happening. Uh, spending a little bit of time getting to talk to one another about personal and professional highlights from the last week, going over data, being able to talk about rocks and rocks in this instance means the objectives, the quarterly objectives uh, that you have set uh, for yourself or for the organization or that others have set talking about if you're on track to accomplish those rocks or, or not to be able to, identify, discuss, and solve outstanding issues as a team. This is a very big thing to be able to ultimately at the end solve, and sometimes solving means that there are to-dos, to-dos, action items that come from that, that you or others will be going off and taking care of that would have a deadline in a week or two. Why am I saying this? Well, the leadership team of this organization embraced this concept of a meeting like this. And every Thursday we get together, do the 90 minutes. It's been wonderful for our own sanity in a lot of ways uh, to be able to track how we're doing, the successes, but also the, the things that are still hanging that we need to take care of. As we begin to get better at this, and we're not perfect at it, we decided to to talk about it with the affiliate presidents as well as the committee chairs of this fine organization to offer it up as as a potential structure for the monthly meetings that the committees and steering committees have. And it's been wonderful to watch the L10 format roll out across our steering committees and now several of our committees. And it was nice to hear earlier today during the committee chairs meeting uh, just how many of the committees are utilizing it. It can be customized. It can work for you in whatever way you want, but there's a template there that allows for great communication and ultimately achievement. It's been a wonder for me as well as uh, the folks that work with me on a day-to-day -day basis. I appreciate it so much. Over the last year, I hope that you've witnessed an increase in how we communicate with you all and the means through which we are doing it every day, whether it's constant contact with dots and dashes, whether it's our podcasts, whether it's the Braille Forum, whether it's Twitter and Facebook, YouTube, and accompanying live streaming videos, which we're doing a lot of these days. So much has happened. I am very proud to be able to share the launch of acbmedia.org, which took place on July 1st. All of you, at one point or another, have gone to acbradio.org to download podcasts, to listen to the various streams for ACB Radio. ACB Media is the 2021 version of ACB Radio. It has all 10 of our streams. It's got our podcasts. It has the forum. It's got our blog. All contained there. All of our digital communications are there. And uh, it's been a 
little over a year in the making. It is fast. It is helpful. And uh, I would like to publicly recognize and thank Jeff Bishop, board member of ACB, for all of his time and efforts to ensure that it was up and running before this convention. Thank you, Jeff. In May, as I said, we welcomed Jennifer Flatt to our team to help coordinate all of these many communications channels. It has been great to get to know her. She has vast experience in having worked in the Canadian government doing communications work for the Prime Minister and look forward to those of you out there getting to know her as the year and years move on. We did something last night that was pretty fun. We kicked off a campaign, the first of its kind, at least with regard to ACB. We kicked off the Get Up and Get Moving campaign. What is it? Well, this is a three-year campaign that's focused on us as a community getting up and getting moving. Duh, right? Well, the pandemic taught us a lot of things. One of the things that it really showed, which was unpleasant, was how many of us really weren't getting up and getting moving even before the pandemic. And unfortunately, it became even more challenging during the pandemic. Diabetes is the largest cause of blindness in working age individuals these days. So diabetic retinopathy. How do we begin to deal with that? How do we begin to deal with the psychological challenges that we've encountered along with the health challenges over the last year? It's time for us to get up and walk around, run around, exercise. That is what the Get Up and Get Moving campaign is all about. It's about taking back our independence and our health, whether it's walking around your neighborhood, going to a, a track at a high school, going to a health club, could just be doing sit-ups in your living room, having the ability to move, to work up a sweat, even if it's 10, 15 minutes a day, does you so much good from a health, but also mental health standpoint. To go along with that, there's really a, an advocacy component to this as well. We want to raise awareness of the challenges that our community still has in accessing fitness equipment as well as durable medical equipment, devices that help us monitor and maintain our own health so that we, in turn, can take back our own health and not rely upon loved ones or friends to let us know what our glucose is reading or what our temperature is or what our blood pressure is. Those are all things that we should know. So doing outreach to those sectors of corporate America through this campaign, uh, very important. Would like to recognize Zanda Pharmaceuticals for being a health hero and climbing aboard this campaign to be able to really give the visibility that, you know, if you're not sleeping well, there are going to be some other challenges that you have. And uh, obviously their medication, along with just their overwhelming support of our organization over the last several years, not just the national organization, but many state affiliates. It's been tremendous. So thank you very much, Vanda. 
we're going to kick this off in person on October 15th in New York City. We're going to have a walk. It's going to be great. Uh, there will be more details on this to come. It's going to be a first of its kind from our perspective and want folks to consider coming. We will also likely have a component of this for folks to be able to participate remotely as well. Holy cow, ACB is 60 years old. ACB doesn't look a day over 40. July 7th, we celebrated the 60th birthday of, of this fine organization. And we also started the 60 for 60 campaign, which is seeking to raise $60,000 over the next year. We've hit the ground running. We've raised $1,800 thus far. And I'm very proud uh, to announce that Vespero has made a large donation that seeks to help us in this 60 for 60. Uh, in the next couple of days, you'll be seeing more details on the donation and, and how you and other corporate partners can help us achieve that $60,000 goal. Advocacy. You probably thought he's not talking about advocacy. Advocacy is at the core of me. As some of you may know, I led our governmental affairs and advocacy work for many years here. And uh, it's still a big part of my overall interest. And frankly, I'm a blind guy, so I live advocacy at times as well. We've had some tremendous success over the last year in, in a couple of different areas. And I just want to highlight the work that we've done in voting and ensuring accessible, independent voting for folks who are blind. Much of this work um, has been led in our office by Clark Rockfall, our Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs. He has worked with a great deal of collaboration with many of our state affiliates. Upwards of, of 12 affiliates around the country have witnessed increased accessibility in accessible voting, which is really, it's, it's awesome. You know, being able to electronically receive your ballot, mark it, and then return it. Uh, that's real independence. That's real security from our perspective. Some of this has come through administrative changes in the states. Some of it has come through legislative changes within the states. And some of it has had to come through litigation. States like North Carolina, Massachusetts, Delaware, Maine, West Virginia have all witnessed increased accessibility to remote voting. And I'm, I'm so pleased. We are, we are recognized as an influencer, as a, a real, we've got the subject matter expertise to, to deal with this. The states are where the votes take place. And so each state is different, it has its own um, unique contours. And uh, state presidents have reached out. Sometimes we've reached out to state presidents. It's been great. Our work is not over by any stretch of the imagination. Clark, along with other state affiliate presidents, the work continues on in places like Illinois and Kentucky. Accessible currency is the long ongoing challenge that we face. The 2008 court order really dictates 
that the nation's paper currency should be made accessible. And we've been after that since uh, 2002. We're now in 2021. The issue of Harriet Tubman and her portrait being put on the $20 bill earlier this year raised more visibility to our specific issue, which has been, I think, a very good thing for the the prospects of us at some point before I retire (laughs) having accessible currency in this country. We have been profiled or quoted in publications such as the Wall Street Journal, thehill.com, where we had an editorial placed written by Dan Spoon, as well as an article that was written by the White House reporter for the Washington Post just within the last month. So this issue has has, uh, received increased visibility, which is great. This issue, we are not going to let it go. Corporate America, we are viewed as a trusted partner by many corporations in this country, many of whom you will recognize as sponsors of this convention. The really nice thing about them sponsoring this convention is that they see the value in working with us. These relationships aren't transactional. We don't just see them at the convention. We work with these companies throughout the course of the year on any number of issues. Our relationships tend to begin with these companies as advocacy initiatives that grow into relationships and and partnerships that, in some cases, have lasted two decades. One of these relationships is with Verizon, and more specifically, Verizon Media. In March of this year, they reached out to us to inform us that they would like to donate digital ad space on some of their digital properties. So they own brands such as Yahoo, AOL, and others. And I'm, I'm very pleased that in June, we had our first ad that received 350,000 impressions promoting this very convention, which is fantastic. We also have an ad on Yahoo Finance right now it will receive 15 million views before it ends. And it is our 60 for 60 video that's located on acb.org. By the way, if you're interested in learning more about our organization, or if you wish to support any of these campaigns, please feel free to visit acb.org and click on the donate button. Finally, I want to highlight a really cool event that's going to take place Friday night. One of our very best partners, corporate partners, has enthusiastically agreed to work with us to stream the opening ceremonies of the Olympics. If they were live streaming, we'd have to do it in the middle of the night. But Comcast, NBC Universal, the ability to to have that and those opening ceremonies live streamed in audio and video and to have that be audio described. Comcast has gone above and beyond. The requirements by law and regulation, they are continuing to do 
really cool things with live audio description, such as the Thanksgiving Day Parade last year and many other musicals down through the years. Uh, It's great. Before that happens, we're going to do a pre-show. Kim Charlson and Clark Rackville will be interviewing uh, Paralympians, Olympians, and uh, some folks that work for NBC in engineering. By the way, Clark Rackville is a Paralympian, and he notified me that you're never a former Paralympian. I guess it's like being a Marine. You are always a Paralympian. With that, I am so proud of the things that we are doing. The work that we do is critical. It is important, not just to ACB, but to the rest of the nation's blind and visually impaired population, but I would also argue a lot of the work that we are doing is having a a profound impact on folks living around the world. We can't do this without you. While we have hired more people, we've done it strategically. I hope that you all get the opportunity to meet some of these fine folks throughout the course of the next year, and I can't wait to be with you all again in 2022 in person in Omaha. That was ACB Executive Director Eric Bridges addressing the opening session of the 60th Annual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind. Mr. Jason Broughton has been selected as the new director of the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled, NLS, at the Library of Congress. Prior to joining the Library of Congress, Mr. Broughton, whose name is spelled B-R-O-U-G-H-T-O-N, was the first African-American to serve as Vermont State Librarian. Previously, he held positions at libraries in South Carolina and Georgia. Mr. Broughton earned his Master's in Library and Information Science from the University of South Carolina, a Master's in Public Administration from the University of South Florida, and a Bachelor's Degree in Biology from Florida A&M University. And a final note for September, Much of the audio content of the 2021 ACB Conference and Convention is now available as podcasts. To subscribe, visit acbmedia.org slash podcasts. You've been listening to ACB Reports from the American Council of the Blind. ACB Reports is heard each month on audio information services across the United States and worldwide on the ACB Media Network at acbmedia.org. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening and please join us again next month for another edition of ACB Reports.